Today's podcast is brought to you by Eggshell Light Company. For over 45 years, Eggshell Light Company has been the go-to specialty shop handling the lighting needs for all that grace the shores of beautiful Hawaii. Combining the artistic methods of the theater with the speed and efficiency of the musical touring industry, they have pioneered event lighting throughout the Hawaiian Islands. They specialize in supply of top shelf equipment and designers for broadcast concerts, corporate, and special events. From the smallest weddings to televised concerts and the largest corporate clients, they know this is your most important event. It is their goal to make sure you feel that way. Aloha from Eggshell Light Company. Welcome everyone to another episode of LD at Large Podcast. My name is Chris Lose. I am the designer relations developer at Ayrton Lighting as well as columnist for PLSN Magazine. I hope you're all enjoying listening and reading. I've had a lot of good luck lately reaching out to some expats and uh, kind of getting some unique viewpoints from outside of the United States and kind of being a little bit more all-encompassing of all of the Americas. And uh, I've gotten a lot of really good responses. So I thought it would be a really good way to make everybody happy to reach out to some more ex- expats from not just Canada, but from Mexico as well. So I had a really good opportunity. A, fr- a good friend of mine reached out and gave me a, a wonderful recommendation so I am uh, meeting a very new friend today. We've uh, just been chatting for a little while and we've already hit it off quite well. He is an amazing human being. He has been called a unicorn by, by many in the, in the industry. He's a wonderful human being. Please welcome Daniel Dawson. He is the lighting designer for Black Label Society. Thank you so much for joining me today, Dan. I really appreciate it. Uh, I appreciate it too, man. It's a good opportunity. So uh, Daniel grew up in... Texas. However, he is a bit of a man of the world. He's, he's lived in multiple countries, speaks multiple languages, and uh, and still finds our small industry to be the, the most loving, wonderful place for him to be. So uh, today he is joining us from Mexico City, where he have lived for the last five years. Yeah, that I can uh, I can see the background. It looks like a beautiful day down there. It absolutely is. Mile high city, more than a mile high city. <laughs> every time, every time you go around making making sweet love, you're you're in the mile high club already. Just by just by being in Mexico oh, that, City, that that's a good point. I didn't think about that. Yeah, yeah you're in the mile high club 7, every time. Three hundred and sixty feet above sea level at the bottom of the valley. So, what made you move to Mexico City? I met a gorgeous woman whenever I was on tour with Slipknot, and uh, I've never looked back. That is always the way. That's what got me. Uh, that's what made me come up to Canada as well. And and now I have a, a beautiful five year old that's running around somewhere over here. Like I said in the uh, in our email, that she'd probably be swinging in the hammock which I don't know if you can see the hammock in the background. I can. Yeah. I I would spend all day in the hammock if I could too, honestly. I'll tell you what, uh, this has to go with one of the questions that you uh, you posed to me, you know, about uh, going from being a, a tech to a crew chief to a designer, which you asked in the, in the email before we uh, talked about this. Right. It's like, okay, well, at first, I was a rigger. Oh, let's, let's start there. Let's start there. Yeah. Okay. 
how did you get into rigging? What what uh, what was your what brought you into our industry? Okay, so what brought me into the industry is my dad. My dad was a member of, and I'm gonna I'm gonna do this plug. Was a member of local 126, which is Fort Worth, Texas, and he actually stayed in long enough to become number three on the list before he retired but he did mostly theater okay and so then that's how i got introduced to gemini another plug and how i got introduced to you know jason kane and damian rogers you know etc etc and that's where i began well that's not where i began that's where i began my professional career not my career you know period mm-hmm so at 14 years old, the first job I ever had was running a spotlight at Johnny High's Country Review in Arlington, Texas. Nice. And it, you never yeah, did have to explain to Dad what, uh, what theater was all about, and he already knew what was going on. There. Yeah, and um, a year after running just spotlight. I started running on an old Cyberlight controller. If it, you know, everybody knows what that is. It's like, okay, I got a joystick, and now it's like you want a circle. Uh, give me about two hours. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So you so, you fell into rigging first. Was that because of passion or because of uh, necessity? Uh, I think it was necessity and the fact that the pay was higher. <laughs> yeah you got the you got your priority straight so but then you know like i i actually wanted to be an audio engineer everybody does uh, right you know i wanted to be a studio audio engineer and that never came to fruition and so then i started doing lighting and sunny satterfield that was the person that really, really changed me. And, and the funny part of Sonny and I meeting, and I still remember it so vividly, was um, it, it was on an opera in Fort Worth. And Sonny being short in stature, and you can, you can use that because he, he's kind of a midget was having a hard time focusing a leak And I just told him, I was like, hey, you know what, get, get down off the ladder. It's like, I, I'll get up there and do it for you. Not knowing who he was. You know, it's nice. like, okay, the, the lighting designer from Pantera. Mm-hmm. Had no clue. And then that and brought you just me took a leak right out of his hand? I just took the wrench right out of his hand and just did it. He'll even tell you that that's exactly how it happened. <laughs> Me being a dumbass 17 year old and just taking the wrench out of his hand. I didn't know who was. that started everything. Really, that started everything. Oh, I miss that feeling of being 17 and just thinking you know everything and. Being willing to just hop up there and just do anything, anytime, anywhere. Oh, it, exactly. You know, now now I'm a, 
a whole lot older. And, you know, it's like, I, I look at heights, I'm like, eh, I don't want to do that. Oh, I've developed the same, I don't want to say it's a fear, but uh, the same respect for heights. You know, there, there are times I was like, yeah, I'll climb up there in Calhoun's. I don't give I don't give a fuck. I'll do it. Nowadays, oh, you know, no, I'll, I'll let one of the younger kids do it. One of the 18-year-olds. But at the same time, you know, last time I was on Rob Zombie a um, year and a half ago, we, we had an issue with one of the drop-downs uh, for uh, the cables. And I just told the rigger, it's like, hey, lower the truss to where I can climb. <laughs> I'm not going to say anymore. Because uh, yeah, yeah, we have that technology I, available now. Well, there was certain safety protocols that I did not abide by, but <laughs> you can edit that one out. <laughs> but I freed the cables up, and it's not a big deal. <laughs> you know, it's like I remember back in the day whenever you know we had 120k rigs, and we just go ahead and climb the the cable picks. Or slide down the cable picks. Yeah. No, and lots changed since like, then. Eh. It's like, eh, rope ladder? Nah, I don't need that. I got cables. I'm, I'm at least that old. I'm positive I could still climb a, a wire rope ladder. I don't know if I want to, though. But that, that's the thing. It's whether or not you want to. <laughs> I know I can do it. <laughs> I can do it in the flip flops I'm wearing right now, but <laughs> it's, do, do you want to? No, no, there's better. There's people who can do it better than me. I can, I can uh, manage. All right. So you, uh, you got the bug for lighting and you realized that rigging is, is, is good, but you, lighting, did, did it just appeal to you more? Did you like being on the technical side? Well, uh, yeah, I like being on the technical side. And I guess maybe whenever I tried to leave the industry, and I did try and do it, uh, even though I still toured in the summertime, I did my my bachelor's and my master's in mathematics in five years. Nice. Yeah. Well, and now where am I? <laughs> I'm, I'm still doing lights. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more math involved than a lot of people think, though. But the thing is, it's like the, the joy of lighting and the geometric, you know, shapes of it and what I learned whenever I was, you know, doing my mathematics. You know, it, it just appealed to me even more. Mm -hmm. That and there's something to be said about, um, you know, being out in front of a crowd and giving them a, a show that's extremely satisfying it's like yeah i can talk to you all day long about risky tangent spaces and you know cohomology and whatnot but nobody cares about that we know we know that our phones work when they're supposed to but uh, we don't know how or why you know i mean people don't know why lights work the way they work but they just know that it's like oh it's eye candy yeah looks good they do they do give applause at the end of the day though which mathematicians don't get exactly you know nobody finishes a a, a 12 hour shift of, of tangents and cosines <laughs> and then gets applause at the end of the day whereas no. even i do <laughs> well, at least you know 
pre and post pandemic, we will. Or at least somebody coming up and going, Hey, you got a set list. It's like, no, I don't have a set list. It's, it's already in the console. <laughs> you know, it's like, I got macros for that. Daniel Dawson, the mathematician, nobody, nobody asks for your notes or anything like that. Do they, they don't come up asking yeah. to see your, your charts and graphs. No, absolutely not. <laughs> hey man, you got a slide rule. Can I come Can I get your slide rule? Greatness. <laughs> <laughs> so as a technician, did you start touring on that side of the snake? Yes, I got touring on that side of the snake. So what was your first tour? Uh, man, I, I, I want to say Pantera, but I, at this point, I just don't even know. Okay. But... You know, no, I got my my experience on that side of the snake. Okay. And I've seen the technology go from, you know, the joystick mm -hmm. cyber-like controller to, you know, what we have now uh, with the MA. And I have complete and total respect for everyone on that end is you know, they have respect for me on my end sitting at the console, you know, because, and that was another question that you wanted to ask was, you know, from, you know, from tech to crew chief to designer. Right. So any design that I make, I make like, well, number one, I want it to look cool, but. Absolutely. I want it to be functional. You know, I, I don't want my guys sitting out there for five hours. Nah, fuck that. You know, I, I, I want them there for like two hours at tops and then go back and take a nap. Mm -hmm. I'm with you. So that that's my thought whenever I come up with a design and then it's not only coming up with the, with the design, it's, you know, thinking about the crew chief, the one who actually creates, you know, all the circuiting and everything, you know, I've been there and I've done that and I still continue to be there and do that. Mm -hmm. Are you a, a six lights per trust sort of designer? I'm a whatever I think looks cool kind of designer. Okay. So I go back and forth. Like sometimes I, because I've also been a crew chief, I'll, sometimes I will put six lights per trust just because I know that that's what the breakout will allow. Every once in a while, ah. I'll, I'll need seven lights on a trust and be like, oh man, that's going to be a, that's going to be a bitch. Sometimes I have to justify it. And sometimes I, I, sometimes I just won't. Where do you fall on that spectrum? On, on that spectrum, it's, well, okay, I made the design, and then it's up to my crew chief figure out how to circuit it. Right. That's not my, that's not my job at, right. at that point. Now then, if my crew chief wants to help or, you know, wants me to help, then Absolutely. You know, I'll help. I'll come down. I'll I'll do obviously the mathematics <laughs> to to figure out. 
you know, if if the load is capable of it. And if we uh -huh. have to have another Sacopex, then we have another Saco. Right. What does my design is stupid as it may be, make your life easier. Yeah, as long as you can justify why that seventh or eighth or ninth light is there, there's, you know, there's really no reason that anybody should be questioning that. Well, I mean, and, and the thing is, it's like, and that goes into another question that you, you asked in the email. Uh-huh. What happens if a light fails during the show? Right. All right. Well, did I decide a symmetrical design or did I design an asymmetrical design? Right. Well, the, the answer to that question is it really doesn't matter. You know, it's like, all right, uh, just cycle off, you know, on and off the, the light. If it comes back, cool. Yep. Then the show happens. If it right. doesn't, well, either I have to do, you know, I have to go into, you know, the um, lamp off the one that, you know, mirrors it. Right. Or you have to, you know, just break her off that one. That's it. Yeah. I mean, it, it's, it's that simple. It's like, and we'll deal with it tomorrow. So here's my question though, because you have experience on that side of the snake and you're you, basically you have experience on both sides of the snake. Do you ever get people arguing with you saying that from their side of the snake, like, no, it's, it's not on our side. The, the, the lamp is off because of, because you haven't lamped it on or the, the dimmer stuck because you have it parked or something. Is it because you have experience on both sides of the, of the snake? Do you feel that you have more credibility when you say like, no, it is definitely not a programming error. Okay. So yeah, that, that's another whole thing. Uh, the first thing through my mind is the problem is between the chair and the console. That That's my first thought. I'm with you on that one. You know, I mean, that, that's that's really where a lot of prima donna lighting designers come from. It's like, ah, it's somebody else's fault. Somebody else's fault. No, man, sometimes it's between the chair and, and you know, the console. Yeah, I've seen a lot of programmers suck a lot of eggs there because they, uh, they, they would swear up and down that the problem was not at their end and only to find out that it was definitely on their end. Oh, and it happens. Absolutely. You know, and one, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do a name plug here because you've already done an interview with him. One of the greatest people that I've ever met and been able to work with is Cosmo Wilson. His attitude towards things has, you know, uh, made my attitude towards things a whole lot different. Sorry for name plugging. No, please. We can, anytime you want to talk about Cosmo, we can always talk about Cosmo on here. Uh, that's the sweetest man in the entire world. I love seeing his, you know, morning pictures and evening pictures. Mm -hmm. I've seen him some, but, you know, it's like you can be a dick or you cannot. So, I mean, it's, 
if something fails in the show, then it fails. Adapt. Adapt. Yeah. I mean, it's that simple. When did you first meet Cosmo? Do you remember where you were at and how you guys met? Hell no, I don't know. <laughs> Just know and love him. <laughs> I mean, I know the last time I saw him. Oh, when, that's probably even a better question. What's when was the last time you saw Cosmo? Last time I saw Cosmo was at was at Carolina Rebellion when the whole thing was canceled, and he was with Judas Priest, and I was with Black Label. And uh, Cosmo was so sweet. He's like, "Oh, Daniel." Uh. He's like, "I'll give you the console as soon as I'm done with it." it you know, and it okay. wasn't very long. So I just sat in front of house, you know, waiting for Cosmo to be done so I could do my set for Black Label, you know, update my, my show, my show file. Right. And then we had the show and uh, apparently there was a tornado on the ground 10 miles away. And so Cosmo didn't get to do his set. And I was looking so forward to seeing the whole uh, kabuki that sucked in to the to the drum, you know, above the drum kit. I got I got three songs into my set, and they shut the festival down. Damn. So, yeah. So Cosmo didn't get to do his. I got at least three songs into mine. Uh, how did uh, How did Zach respond to that? To being canceled three songs into a song into a set. That was funny too, because Zach was like. Because the PA shut down. Okay. Shut the PA down. You know, it's like, all right, well, I still have control over the lighting rig, but PA shut down. And I'm, I, I was the same way. It's like, what the fuck's going on? So th- that guy, that guy is a, as a, like a gentle giant. I can only imagine he, he, the punches there, but I can't imagine he was very happy about being canceled three, three songs in. You, you know what, with Zach, you know, he understood the reason why it happened. Okay. I'm, I'm going to put it this way. Rob Zombie and Zach Wild are the two best bosses I've ever had in my entire life. That's a compliment. It, it, it was more of a care of what's going on, you know, versus, you know, fuck off. I'm going to do my set. I'll never talk any ill about either one of those guys. Well, that's the highest compliment uh, an artist can get from a technician. Or from a designer. Yeah. You know, and with Zach Wild, uh, when I first started working for him, I actually pulled him to the side. And I'm like, hey, you know, what, what do you want to see from me? And his response was, I don't know. That's what I hired you for. <laughs> that's and vice versa that's the highest compliment a designer can get exactly you know it's like all right you just gave me a hundred percent creative control yep it's like you're either gonna it's gonna go one of two ways it's like either you're gonna love it or you're gonna hate it and hey mr dawson see- some uh some account's gonna come to you and give you a budget and that's and it's all up to you lucky thing is it's like well i i still have a job congratulations <laughs> so evidently he loved it and his wife barbara ann loved it too so 
Now, as as far as Rob goes, the best story I have from Rob over all the years that I've performed is uh, down here in Mexico City. Really? Show we had. So my wife and my daughter came out, and this is a testament to to the band as well as Rob. Is um, you know my daughter, she was three and a half at the time. Anyway, uh, John Five and Piggy D were all about my daughter. You know, it's like whatever she wanted, whatever she wanted. And then whenever it was time for showtime, Rob came up to me. And it's actually the only photo I have of Rob and myself, which everybody confuses me with Rob sometimes. But because I look homeless. Sorry, Rob. <laughs> You can use that, by the way. You know, he was like, hey, uh, where's your wife and daughter going to be? It's like, well, they're going to be, you know, back shit, you know, backstage for the first song. It's like, then they're going to go to the front of house. And he's like, well, is front of house safe? It's like, yeah, yeah, it's safe. I, I walked it earlier. You know, and it's because the night before was the Slipknot and Evanescence incident down here in Mexico City. So Rob was just worried whether or not my wife and kid were gonna be safe. And he was like, no, they're gonna stay on stage on Piggy's side. And I'm like, all right, cool. What about me? Me didn't matter. It didn't matter, all, all that mattered was, you know, Rob cared about my wife and my daughter. Yeah, I guess if he wants to make sure they don't catch on fire, that's uh, that's important. I mean, that's the least we can do for each other is make sure we don't catch on fire. Right, not not become you know Will Hunt's drum kit. Yeah, Rob Zombie's a part-time fireman apparently, trying to make sure that everybody's safe. I don't know. I guess I'm lucky enough that I've been able to work with for a long time. People actually care. That's really cool. It, it's actually wonderful. Did you think that that was the sort of experience you were going to find in the heavy metal rock and roll world? Absolutely. I, I think everybody in the heavy metal world, we, we just all care about each other. It is a very tight knit community. Absolutely. I mean, we, you, you, you and I on, you know, a, a podcast with each other. Yeah. There's a way for that. Yeah. When you decided to move to Mexico City, were they supportive of you basically living wherever you want to live in the world? As far as Black Label Society and Rob Zombie? As far goes? as all, pretty much all of your clients, were, were they yeah. all willing to like, yeah, live wherever? Yeah. It's whatever. Doesn't matter. Actually, with Rob Zombie, um, uh, Piggy D and John Five said whenever they were coming down here, it is like, hey, it's like, this is a hometown show for Daniel. Right on. Very cool. The, the bands that you work with, it sounds like most of them are pretty cool with your, with your family coming to the shows. Absolutely. Uh, I mean, it, there's no question. Like with Black Label, anytime, you know, any, you know my, my daughter or my wife wants to come to the shows or Rob Zombie. And with Rob Zombie, it was a whole special thing with my my family to you know be actually there they 
completely took care of them. Would you say that's one of the things that separates our job from being a lifestyle as to just being a job that we have? It's not a job that we have. It's an enjoyment of, you know, entertaining people. That's what I think it is. Mm -hmm. I agree. When I work for, I've worked for bands that have gone both ways. I've gone, I've worked for bands that are highly discourage bringing family to shows. And I've worked for bands that highly encourage you to bring your family and hang out because they understand that we're on the road nine months out of the years. They're like, well, of course, if you're going to be in anywhere near family, you have to bring them to the show because we're not going to let you go out and hang out with them. You have to bring them to the show. Well, with, with black label, everything's fine. Cause I don't have to worry about any kind of like, you know, misconduct or whatnot. Cause with black label, it's mostly biker people and, right. you know, biker people kind of like stick together. Uh, with, with Rob Zombie, I was a little bit hesitant with, you know, my daughter because of some of the content that's on the video wall. Cause Hey, everybody, 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 everybody's fucking in a UFO. <laughs> You know, but content is whatever. And it's just, you know, how we love each other and the fact that we're family. You know, J Jason Kane, who used to be the LE for Slayer and another name plug. You run in good circles. I, I, I do. But, you know, Jason Kane is one of the sweetest guys I've ever met. I love him. Well, I guess sweetest is you, you can take that in any context you want, but I do run in good circles. Is your daughter old enough to care about which shows she goes to? I think at five, I don't think they really know what's, I don't think they know Rob Zombie from any other heavy metal band. Uh, yeah, she does. Yeah. You taught her. Oh yeah. You, you, you want to see? Yeah. Costanza, come here. This is another Chris. Costanza. Ah. <laughs> I almost got the devil ah, horns yeah. from a five-year-old. <laughs> now nah, she'll do this. Nice. Nice. Nah, she, 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 knows, she knows music. She has a ukulele. I, I need to buy a piano because well, I can play the piano. Right on. But now she, she'll get, uh, Constanza will get, you know, embarrassed around new people, except for when we're at restaurants, in which case she's like at the table next to us. So I, let me take a second here. You are from Texas. You've lived all over the world. You're highly educated. You have a love for family. You speak multiple languages and you're uh you're a math whiz you're you're kind of a you're kind of a, a man a, a man a man apart from others you uh is this just a like, lust for life life is enjoyable i don't take very many pictures because i can keep them in my head okay i do a lot of stuff with my daughter because she's the only child i have I, I guess you can say that. Nice. Has this uh, has this pandemic worked out well for you to be able to spend time with your with your daughter? It it absolutely has. 
So I, I can't I can't complain too much about it because I've spent so much time with with my daughter that it's ridiculous. That's a silver lining. I ain't gonna bitch about it. Yeah, as much as I love being out of house and and making big money, there's nothing more valuable than spending time with my kids these days. Well, I get to spend more time with my wife. Whether or not she enjoys that, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> my wife and your wife get together on that one. My uh, my wife, uh, after three months, she's like, "Don't you, don't you have to go anywhere? Shouldn't you do something? Do you need to go and do a, a tour or something?" Right. Well, it's like after two months, it's like, all right, I'm I'm done updating my show files. You know, it's yeah. like, now what do I do? Because Tanza, bring me the submarine. I, yeah, I, 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 I started. I started building models. Real, like a like a hobby. Yeah, yeah, and and then I I started getting reinvested in like model trains. So it's like, oh man, man, I want some more model trains. Tell me if you can commiserate on this one, but I. My wife used to tease me because I didn't have any hobbies. Basically, my job was my hobby, you know, updating fixtures, learning new things, doing online learning, trying to you know, get new software and familiarize myself with new software. That that was my hobby. And now that I don't have any of that to do, like I actually had to pick up a new hobby. Have you had, is that the same? Is that a similar story for you? Yeah, I, I kind of bought a remote control uh, Bismarck. Nice. Yeah. And I, I, I sent it, I, I put it out to sale in my mom's pond. I got these, I got Pablo and, uh, Sancho, which Pablo is like this little skeleton. Uh-huh. That's paper mache. And then, uh, Sancho, that's a, uh, uh, a clay model thing that looks like Moctezuma. Okay. And so I've been just like positioning them around the house and taking pictures. <laughs> so so that's, that's, just... that's been my hobby. <laughs> do, do they get good lighting when they get hidden around the house? Damn right they do. <laughs> that's just how cuckoo we're going. <laughs> Exactly. You know, and my wife is just like, that's dumb. I'm like, no, it's not dumb. It's funny. <laughs> it, <laughs> leave me alone. I'm, I'm lighting rock stars over here. Yeah, leave, 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 leave me alone. It's like, kind of like, you know, this. It's like, oh, I'm going to put these on. Man, I don't think anybody outside of our industry understands just how cuckoo are all going. You know, we—it's not just our, you know, our our paycheck. I mean, it's our livelihood. It's everything that we do. It's our hobby. It's our passion. It's our exactly. friends. It's everything. Exactly. That's the thing. It's our friends. You know, I miss, I miss my friends. Yeah, me too. I, mean, I got friends. You know, are in the market on Sunday. They're cool. They, they, you know, sell metal merchandise and whatnot, but it, 
it's not the same. All right. So you and I have to have a very similar story in the fact that I had friends in high school and I had friends in college and then I moved and then I had friends in, uh, in Las Vegas and then I moved and now I live in Canada and I don't have any, I definitely don't have those friends that I grew up with that, you know, those core friends, like my brother, he has friends all around. My brother only moved, you know, two hours away from where we, we grew up and his friends, they come and visit him all the time. And they're like his best friends. And now for me, my only best friends are the people that I work with out on the road. Those are the people I've spent the most amount of time with in my life. It, it, exactly. A- absolutely. You know, it's like, I miss fucking Jesse Kanowski. I, I miss Adam from black label, you know, and you know, I miss all those guys. I miss, Steve Gomero uh, swing, swing in the hammock. No, I miss everybody. I miss all you guys. Yeah. You know, the, especially when it comes to festivals where you, you know that there's going to be at least 30 of your friends in a constant rotation. Yeah, exactly. It's like, ah, cool, man. Now I'm going to go to Shiley Acres and get on fucking, you know, moonshine. You know, doing uh, doing Coachella is not my favorite gig because of the, the circumstances, but I know there's going to be a hundred of my friends there. Right, exactly. Yeah, that's the part. I'm, I'm uh, definitely not going to be taking that for granted ever again. I'll never, you know, every time I, uh, if somebody's on an, if I'm on one stage and somebody else on another main stage, when my show's over, I'm making that trek. I, if, if I have to walk through a hundred people, different uh, snake troughs and I'm going, I'm going to go hang out with that person now. Absolutely. See, or, now, well, I got a new best friend. It's my daughter. So you know. that's awesome. And it, and it was funny yesterday with my brother-in-law because Tanza was just like, no, no. It's like, I'm going to go back up to Poppy. Oh, you know, it's like, Oh, that's so sweet. That's magical. Yeah, until it becomes unmagical. <laughs> now you're just being needy. Get out of here. <laughs> well, that, that that happens. Yeah. No, I'm I'm, I'm with you. I, I walk that far. Now a lot of my kids too. Me, you know, about this interview with you and I. You know, it's like, how you feel? How you feel? I'm like, well, it, it, it's like I, I I'm kind of looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to hanging out with you. I would much rather do it in the back lounge than over the stupid screen, but but here we are. No shit, man. Me too. Yeah. Or the front lounge or sitting, you know, right next to the bus driver, whatever. Yeah. What's something that you won't take for granted ever again after this, uh, when the term post-pandemic becomes a reality? Boy, that's a, lo- that, that's a loaded question. The, the back lounge, the front lounge, those are the first things that come to my mind. The, the just being like, I used to being hate to wait for... Ooh, that's a good one. That's, that's the one that, you know, it's like being around my daughter, being around my wife. I'll never take that for granted again. Yeah. I remember being out on the road and I would be close to my family or, you know, like a neighboring city and we wouldn't make arrangements for them to come out because it would just be too stressful. But now like that's, that's all out the window. 
Like anytime we're anywhere close, it's, we're going to make arrangements. Yeah, a a absolutely. Unfortunately, in the United States, it's a little bit difficult for me and my family. So yeah, yeah. There's not really not really a lot of neighboring cities in Mexico City. Uh, now we're we're, we're kind of part. pretty far south. <laughs> oh man. Uh, do you find, uh, now that you live in Mexico City, I would imagine you don't ever work in Mexico City. That's not true. I do. Really? Yep. How's that working out? Uh, well, for now, there's nothing. Right. Because everything down here shut down. Of course. It's not like, you know, Texas where it's like, oh, now we're going to get political. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> How's it working out in Canada? We just went into another four-week lockdown, man. Yeah, I, uh, I know. I know. So, I like so to pride myself on a certain here. amount of patience, but I, I'm my patience is thin. Down here, everything's been shut down since the beginning. I mean, we still have the markets and everything, but as far as shows go, nope. So, no. and like even schools with Constanza trying to start school this year. Yeah, it, it, we, we had to hire a private tutor. It's that locked down, huh? Yep. I'm fine with it. it it's okay. Yeah? Yeah. Well, well, we haven't seen the spread of corona as, you know, mm -hmm. as far as the U.S. has. Yeah, in Canada, we err on the side of safety almost to a fault. It's getting pretty annoying. But yeah, okay, we're all safe. Let's, yeah, let's find out a better way to move forward. Thank you so much for your time, Daniel. I really appreciate it. Man, I, 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 this was enjoyable. Thank you so much. My pleasure. 